and Chuck. And I'm Buck. And this is the Buck and Chuck Gaming Connection. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the vast, vast world of reboots, remakes, and HD ports. I thought you were going to throw remasters in there so we get all the R's going on, but we got <laughs> HD ports instead. Oh, I can add that at the end. No big deal. I'm sure we'll hit all of them because we, we were talking about it before we started recording. And there's Another so many just gray areas between them that they all just kind of mix together. Yeah, I mean, we weren't even sure what to call a, a reboot or a remake when we were just going through kind of a list of topics we had here. Yeah, and I think we may kind of discuss what we sort of figured out, but this is not a definition at all. These are just kind of how we feel about them. For example... We talked about what a reboot was, and we kind of both had a different definition of it. For me, uh, I, I looked at series where the games did had an evolution, uh, not necessarily going back to the beginning of the story or anything like that, but where their gameplay and kind of maybe... Uh, the, so basically the way the games have evolved and also kind of just like maybe the scope of the games have changed since the series initially started. But then you also have uh, something like a remake, which I typically like to consider when an older game is recreated from, you know, the bottom up as far as like all of the assets, but they don't change any of the story or the gameplay that drastically. So fans of the original series would definitely still feel at home when they're playing it. Yeah, and it can definitely be a gray area because, I mean, I, spoiler alert, one of the games we're going to be talking about is kind of the Metroid Prime series, and that, I mean, would you consider that a reboot or a remake because it's an evolution of the formula, but it doesn't take everything back to the beginning there. So it kind of feels like, I mean, you really could consider it, I mean, I guess that's more of a reboot than a remake. Now that I'm talking to myself and convincing myself of it here. Well, there you go. That's what we were doing before we got on. But I also was like, well, could you throw just like a basic evolution of a series into that argument? Because I feel like Metroid Prime is, is, is at its bare bones a huge evolution for the series. While it may not be everybody's favorite because they don't appreciate the, the evolution from 2D to 3D, what Metroid Prime did for this, the series as far as transitioning to 3D, pretty incredible that they actually made that smooth of a transition and didn't mess up uh, what makes a Metroid game a Metroid game. Yeah, that's for sure. And, I mean, Retro Studios seems like they had a home run with every single game they put out. I mean, I love the work they've done with the Donkey Kong Country series. I'll always be uh, probably a rare guy at heart with the series because I just love that graphical style of the SNES games. But, I mean, what they've done with Tropical Freeze and Donkey Kong Country Returns, it's been amazing. And I hope we get a third one out of that so we get a, a retro trilogy. Still waiting for it. No, that is really cool. But would you consider that just a continuation of the series, or would you actually consider that a reboot? I would almost consider that... I mean, Return felt like a reboot, because they just went back to the beginning. I mean, they took they took a lot of rare characters out, which kind of sucked. I mean, they don't have the Kremlings there, because they felt like they were mainstays of the series. But they're going to put their own characters in there, and then they took it back to, to Donkey and Diddy, just those two. And then Tropical Freeze felt like it could have been, it kind of picked up where everything left off there. It could have been a reboot or a remake. Or just yeah, a sequel, just straight up. Right, that's where that's where it, it gets totally gray there. And, I mean, it's not worth, you know, beating anybody up over trying to figure out exactly what the, the, uh, the difference is. Because I don't think anybody can give you a flat answer either way. And some games are a, a mixture of the two. One example we came up with, we were talking about uh, the Ratchet & Clank series, and the most recent uh, video game that came out in 2016, just called Ratchet & Clank, basically a remake of the original title, which was also tied in with the movie release of the same name. I would consider that a remake. And a reboot. But, 
Yeah, I consider it more of a remake. The only reason I I consider it more of a remake is yes, they you know they they recreate all the assets. The game is beautiful. The gameplay, for the most part, is is just a recreation of what the series had done to that point. But the argument for the reboot on that title is that they took what made this series so great after the first game came out, the evolution, you know, the RPG elements, uh, some of the additional weapons, things like that, and added them to the first game. So basically making a more robust version of the original Ratchet and Clank, removing the concept of not liking maybe the the new art style, the new attitude that the characters have, because they're not quite as punky, if you will. <laughs> Which I respect if the fans don't like that. I was a little turned off by that at first, too, but I really liked the new art style, and I definitely liked the evolution of the gameplay from where the rest of the series went from there. Yeah, the gameplay for sure was a big move in the right direction, but it's hard when you're... I know you were a huge fan of the original trilogy back on PS2, and anytime they try and mess with... You know, if you thought the originals were great, that's always a little bit tough to love there. Yeah, that's one series that hasn't taken too many missteps in my book. The only one that I could potentially argue would be uh, the multiplayer attempt of the game called All-in-One. Even that game was kind of fun, though, because we played that. It was kind of fun, but the only issue was, like, in a multiplayer setting, it's actually a very good representation of the series. But if you were, you know, looking forward to that game and hoping for a pretty robust single-player experience, it's not there. But then they also had a couple of other side games, which I don't consider uh, part of the mainline series. They had that, like, tower defense game, and they had a couple of little offshoot games uh, that were yeah, PSP, they weren't that bad. Well, the PSP one... Like uh, a Clank game, wasn't it? Well, they had a Clank one. Uh, How was Secret that? Clank. It, I actually... That one's actually pretty cool, but it's very... It's not... It doesn't have, like, the, the run-and-gun third-person shooter and platforming elements. It's more of a puzzle platformer game. Gotcha. And, okay. and they also released, uh, uh, is it like, Size Matters or something, which was, in in my, or my outpoint, outpoint, outlook on it, it was actually a really pretty cool, um, just miniaturized version of, of one of the main series games. It's only, like, maybe three or four hours long, but... For being on the PSP and the the difference, I, I don't want to say there's a huge difference in power, but definitely in the control scheme. I mean, the PSP... Yeah, that, that, yeah, that stick on the PSP was not awesome. Pretty garbage for the most <laughs> part, but I got through it, and I actually really enjoyed that one. So I don't have any argument there, but the, I definitely think, now now that we've we've kind of talked that through. I definitely think the Ratchet and Clank game that came out in 2016, definitely a remake and definitely a reboot now that we've actually talked through the yeah, it's, the, the different mechanical it, changes. It falls under both of them. Yes, very true. And we're also talking about one that's pretty obvious. Most people have probably played in the last few years. Uh, the, the remake of Doom came out in 2016. Definitely a huge upgrade from the 1993 classic. Just a little bit. <laughs> Just a <laughs> Just little a bit. Graphics, speed of gameplay. Uh, I'm sure there's a, I'm sure there's a Doom purist out there that didn't appreciate it, but I can't fathom. There's too many. Super heard, fun, actually, super kinesthetic a, game. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, same here. It was. Uh, I haven't put a ton of time into it. From what I did put into it, it was a lot of fun and seemed like they're almost in the direction I'd like Halo to move in these days because I'm not really digging what they've done with the, the last couple of Halos, but I feel like Doom 2016 was kind of where Halo should go. Except for they didn't get the multiplayer right at all. For Halo or Doom? For Doom. Okay. Haven't played it yet, so I wouldn't be able to tell you there, but yeah, the last uh, Halo 5 definitely missed the mark, so. That's fair. I, I'm not a, I, I don't have a lot of experience with that. Uh, and Halo I was just going to say, just a, so. a weird side note on, I saw there was just a secret someone found in Doom 2 for the first time, like, last week. And that game's been out since, I want to say, like, 94, 5, somewhere in there. And someone just found a secret that they, for the first time, and the developer acknowledged it and everything. So that's kind of crazy that something, you know, over 20 years old, almost 25 years old, that they're still finding secrets in a game like that. 
you know, that's pretty incredible. Did John Romero, like, tweet out, good job? I think so. They got a Twitter trophy. That that is pretty awesome, though. You would think for a game, especially one that's on the PC, somebody just would have mined the crap out of it and found that. Yeah, it was something they knew it was there, but they could never find out how to access it, and you had to have an enemy actually push you through a wall, which no one had ever done. Oh, yeah, that's, that's incredible. I definitely like those kinds of things. I wish games were actually more glitchy nowadays. We find more things like that. Or I actually wish developers were a little bit more creative. I feel like they kind of yeah, just do the, say, I don't the bare minimum uh, a lot of the times. And I mean that could be that could be due to the the increase in development costs and not making any more game or making any more money based on just your average game sale. Well, I game prices haven't gone a, up at all. Ship a game out now; it's not even basically finished. They're like, oh, we'll just patch it. Like, there's no reason a game should ever have a day one patch. That happens all the time now. It does. It's very frustrating. I think I, I feel like they finish the game, print the discs, and then they have like a beta after they've already printed the discs, <laughs> and then they're like, okay, Oops. now we know what we need to do because they have they have betas. It seems like two or three weeks before the game even comes out. You know, they have to have all of those games printed and in the process of getting shipped out at that point. Yeah, that's true. I mean, look, we played the Dragon Ball Fighters beta like a week or two before it was out. It seemed like it was pretty much ready to go, except the online uh, sucked, and I think still does overall. But Which an awesome I appreciate that. that patch. <laughs> yeah, I, actually, that patch actually didn't fix those issues. It took a little bit longer than that. Yeah, I haven't dove into that for a while. I need to get back in there, but... Definitely a, a fun game, but yeah, the online turned me off because it had the system where if you won a few matches, your little uh, color would change up there, and there weren't really anything that happened if you disconnected either, so you could just disconnect on people and it didn't matter, and then uh, a lot of people would duck you if you won several matches and you got a decent color, and that got super annoying. It's taking me at least like a half hour to find a match, which yeah, sucks. Frustrating. Yeah, that, kill, that kills the vibe on any fighting game. You can't wait that long. More than a couple minutes of downtime is way too much. Yeah, exactly. I understand. Well, segue, 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 back into reboots. <laughs> we came up with one title uh, that's come out recently that is most definitely a reboot uh, and definitely came out to a lot of fan hate. disdain. <laughs> I, yeah, hate, disdain, whatever you want to call it. And that was uh, DMC Devil May Cry, which was... Supposed to be a reboot of the series and a reboot of all of the characters. They basically did a redesign of all the characters and made them super unlikable. I'm not <laughs> sure what Capcom was thinking when they did that. Yeah, I mean, Dante, correct me if I'm wrong, he's like super whiny, isn't he? Uh, he definitely is at the beginning of the game. He... He gets a little bit better as it goes on, but yes, he's he's super. I'd actually call it, he's a little bit dismissive of everything that's going on. He's more like a teenager. He's like, well, why should I care? Stuff like that. So some people actually made the argument, well, he's kind of believable in the fact that you know he just doesn't want to be a, a hero right away. He's kind of an anti-hero. But push comes to shove, him, Virgil, and any of the new characters that they brought into the series for that game not likable in the least. But the gameplay uh, was I mean, still kind of on much. It was still kind of on point. The, the gameplay felt pretty good, especially with the uh, special edition release where they, they took away some of the more annoying aspects of it. But Devil May Cry for me was a series that I didn't understand why it needed to be rebooted, and I don't think anybody did, and I don't think anybody asked for it. Especially when that was uh, Capcom's kind of at a down point there, and that was one of their most popular franchises they had. And you think if you're going to bank on something, then you may as well just you could make an easy sequel and a lot of cash. You know, Everyone's Capcom was like, having a hard time with that back then. <laughs> they weren't using sure. any of their IPs wisely. Just Street Fighter Cross Tekken was nice around that time period. That's about it. It was nice around that time, but they they were still they were still trying to mooch from the DLC. That's for sure. Oh, they did get a lot of our money. <laughs> they did get a lot of our money, but that was a that was a that was a game I was willing to throw it at. Um, but Devil May Cry, if there was ever a time that that series should have been rebooted, it was after Devil May Cry Two. 
because it was a terrible game in comparison to the rest of them. And then three's and, the high point period, I would argue. I would too. That that's easy. Uh, that's an easy argument for me to make, and it was definitely uh, a pleasant surprise. Even though uh, back then, I enjoyed Devil May Cry two for what it was. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I remember when three was getting ready to come out. We were in high school then, and you were super hyped for three. Even after two, you were. I mean, beyond hype for Devil May Cry 3, and then they lived up to the expectations, which is always good. Oh, yeah, yeah. It it destroyed my expectations. I would say 4 was actually where a little bit of the letdown started. And honestly, 4, as far as you know, controls, game systems, graphics, the, the game is where it needed to be. It's actually well, probably the most fun game in the series to play. That's the deepest the first combat. half of it. Well, the first. It only has one half as far as most people are concerned. <laughs> the The fact that the game really feels like, uh, I don't know if it hit like a budget crisis or a schedule crisis, but the fact that they made you kind of replay the first half of the game with Dante after you went through with Nero, which was cool to get a second playable character, but the fact that you're replaying the same areas uh, just kind of felt like a kick to the groin a little bit yeah. to fans. It felt like they just wanted to throw Dante in there. I mean, they had everything for Nero, and it was good, and hit his arm gimmick thing, which was cool. And then they just threw Dante in for kicks, like, well, we have to have him in here. We Obviously, we got to do it. And then you just play through the exact same game. Yeah. And I mean, it was it, that was frustrating, and, and I don't know how a lot of other fans uh, felt when the special edition of Devil May Cry 4 came out, because they all, they all get special editions now. Which I mean, I didn't buy it. <laughs> well, I did. And it is a it is a it is a very interesting package, and the fact that you get three new additional characters, which are all very fun in their own right and very well designed. But the problem is, they don't add any more levels. So, <laughs> it, through, so you play through five times now. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's it's really it's really bizarre that they added all these fun new ways to play it, but no fun new places for them to go. I don't. It, I don't know. I, I guess it depends how you feel about it. The series has always kind of uh, been built around the idea of you either play through the game once and stop playing, or you play through the game and enjoy the ranking system and trying to get you know high scores on levels and things like that. And having those additional characters gives you more opportunity to do that, more toys to play with, which is fun because the basic combat and the character and enemy design is really solid. It but, is. It's the game overall is really fun. Just the just playing the game is something you can just play for fifteen twenty minutes and have a great time. But I just don't think it holds up for what I call multiple playthroughs to beat at once. I agree. But then uh, recently it was announced that Devil May Cry Five is getting released. Is that is that next year? I don't Yeah, it, it's next the year. Date. They're probably even Tokyo Game Show is going on right now, isn't it? I don't know. I'm still recovering from the Nintendo Direct. I don't know about you. <laughs> I didn't think it was too impressive to be honest with you. No, it wasn't that impressive. They they uh, upset me greatly by not including Final Fantasy VIII coming to the Switch. Arguably yeah. my favorite Final Fantasy game. I don't know why they just skipped over it. it made no sense. Yeah, and it's got even, it might have even the best story that no you one know talks what? about. You know what? what? I'm going to start a rumor now. Oh, Maybe they're out. coming out with a remake of it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a reboot. <laughs> Final Fantasy VIII Pocket Edition. Oh, good lord. Call it it. <laughs> that would be a shame. The sad thing is we'd both buy it. <laughs> I need Chibi Squall so bad. <laughs> um, that, w that would be interesting, but yeah, that was... That that was good information that came out of that direct, but otherwise, yeah, I wasn't that impressed either. But yeah. Devil May Cry 5 got announced, and it's like Capcom was like, oh, yeah, we definitely messed up. Yeah, this series didn't re reboot after all. So we're going to bring back all your favorite characters from Devil May Cry 4. Yep. You got Nero and Dante with a beard. <laughs> Dante remastered as an old man. Actually, I was told that there's a story reason why he has a beard outside of him being an old man. What, just like a story, like he wanted to grow a beard? That's a story point now? I think he was like hanging out with Solid Snake or something. I don't, I don't, like, I don't know. <laughs> yes, he's got to grow a beard. 
it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but the game looks pretty cool. Uh, I haven't seen a whole lot of gameplay of it, but I don't the, think there's been much released. I I've seen that initial trailer that I feel like everyone's seen by now. Oh yeah, the over the top cinematic that Devil May Cry always needs to kind of set the mood. Well, yeah, but I, I definitely think Capcom's starting to get back going in the right direction with their oh, development. For sure. Um, and that that game is a is definitely a much needed step. Because if they would have made DMC two, <laughs> I don't know what would have happened. Well, I mean, series. they have Mega Man Eleven coming out. They did got Devil May Cry five. Monster Hunter World was huge. Capcom's going in the right. I mean, I don't really care. Going eight five. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is. It, it's great. And I don't know what you'd call Mega Man Eleven, but it just seems like it's just a general evolution of the series. I know yeah, that we I mean, both they're... played. The demo that got released, uh, I think it was this week? Is that when it came yeah, out? It was uh, last week because it was supposed to come out uh, for the Direct last Thursday or whatever, and then they had the earthquake in Japan, so they delayed Direct, and Capcom was like, screw it, we're releasing it anyway. So that's when I downloaded it. I think it was last Thursday. And how'd you feel about it? I loved it. I mean, I think it's it's exactly what it needed to be. I'm glad they didn't go with uh, the 8-bit style again like they did for 9 and 10. And Yeah, that felt a little forced. The they the did. new system, yeah, for sure. It was uh, not my favorite thing ever, but I love those old Mega Man games. But if they would have done, they should have just done 16-bit. I mean, Mega Man 7 was way better than, for the most part, 1 through 6, although 2 and 3 are really good, but still. I mean, 16-bit greater than 8-bit. I think 8 -bit. we probably agree that Mega Man 7 is the best out of the original series. Oh, yeah. 3 is the only one that'd give it a run for its money. I think just enough, even though everyone's going to argue for 2. And I think 2 is a great game, but as far as a Mega Man game goes, first off, it's way too easy. And I can no, tell you that because easy. I can beat it without dying. And <laughs> I'm not a Mega Man savant by any means. And I so am. That, that totally right there is pretty sad, but the soundtrack, off the charts. Love it's it. It's epic. Yeah. So how yeah. else do you feel about it? What, what were kind of some of the, the elements that you, you liked that they added? Well, the gear system is a new a new thing. I use the uh, the speed gear a lot more than the power gear, at least in that level so far. And some of the platforming, I was like, this is a little tricky, and I'm used to a lot of Mega Man, and then I've turned that on, and it's like, oh, this is really easy now. <laughs> so I get that they're trying to... They don't force you to use it, but if you use it, it can definitely make it a lot easier, and especially with... Uh, another thing I'll talk about is the bosses had actually three different forms, which has never happened in a Mega Man game before. For just the regular eight robot masters to have multiple forms as the just the initial bosses, that was really freaking cool. I didn't expect that at all. No, and they were very. He was very animated. It actually had like a lot of voice work too. It he of, still sounded kind of goofy in the good Mega Man way. <laughs> oh yeah, the the designs were on point. It felt very. It felt very Mega Man Eight to me a little bit, but it also harkened back to the earlier designs of the series. Yeah, it looked through four. I actually think that Mega Man Eight, as far as the look of the the original Mega Man games, I still think it looks better than even Nine does. I really love that art style and animation from Eight, but yeah, Nine it still looks good. I mean, they got a little bit of a 3D mixed into it, and it looks nice. And I like the fact that you can. I think the power. You're talking about Eleven, right? Not Nine. That was the yeah. Year. I'm definitely talking 11. Okay. So don't know sure. where I was going with that. I was getting yeah. confused. I was like, I haven't played it, but I'm pretty sure that's not true. I was trying to confuse you and our listeners. But, yeah. Success. <laughs> the, uh, the power gear I noticed, when you or you have your special powers there, they gave us access to two of them in the demo. And then, actually, the third one, after you beat the boss, they let you toy around with it. If you use it with the power gear on, it does something completely different versus the regular one, which was nice. Yeah, and... I would say the one that you got from the boss was the the most easily changed. They weren't necessarily significantly changed, but they were definitely upgraded, did more damage. They had a couple of different, um, I don't know what I want to call them, properties, I guess. I noticed that the the electric bolt one, you shoot at the ground. If you if you're in power mode, it won't it'll it'll go through all enemies. It won't just stop at the first enemy it hits. So. 
that was pretty cool that they they gave you those those different options in battle. And I, yeah, I so it's almost like having you know sixteen different power ups versus eight. Yeah, that you can swap on the fly by a button press. It's great. Or even the right stick. Yeah, they do have a, 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 a radial menu. Is that what they call those? We'll go with that. <laughs> Sounds yeah. good. Why not? Uh, <laughs> for anybody that doesn't quite know what I'm talking about, it, it's a system. If you've played a game like Axiom Verge, where you you'll you'll uh, you'll hold down a button, even though in this game I think you just move the stick. Yeah. And, and you can switch your switch your weapons on uh, switch your special powers on the fly. But they yeah, have definitely the, the the movement and the the enemies and the the pace of the game was definitely on point. They definitely recaptured everything that they should have been recapturing like ten years ago. In the should levels, have never yeah, <laughs> exactly. The levels were a lot longer too than a lot of Mega Man games, which was definitely nice. Yeah, no, it was nice. And did they have they have like two checkpoints, if I remember correctly? It. It didn't feel too long, but it was the right amount of challenging. Uh, I played it on, I assume you played it on normal mode, too. Yeah. Um, and I think the only difference between the difficulties is how much damage you take. That's the only thing I could notice. Yeah, because I noticed the boss in normal mode, he, he packs a little bit of a punch there. The big form of him. Yeah, and that's pretty much all he does is try to punch you. But you are <laughs> right. Yeah, but overall, the game looks really solid and I, I can see why you'd be excited for the for the final release. I know when I talked to you when we first got a trailer of the game you were I don't want to say you were lukewarm about it, but you were a little apprehensive. Yeah, because I didn't want to just go halfway and I know that Capcom can feels like they phone it in sometimes. And I didn't want to do that with this because I know if this doesn't sell then I'm just totally screwed on anything Mega Man related in the future. And the fact that this is 30 bucks too, this is a half-price game starting out, and it feels like I'd be glad to pay 60 for it. So it's going to be day one for me for sure. Yeah, and I don't know if I'm necessarily going to pick it up because uh, Mega Man is, the, the, the entirety of the series has never been uh, a series that I go out of my way to you know, get when they get released, but I definitely enjoy, especially the X series, and I know you prefer the X series over the original too. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, we kind of flip-flop on Mega Man and Castlevania. Like, Castlevania is your jam. I like them, but they're not my favorites. I still end up, you know, getting a lot of them, and you're kind of that way with Mega Man. Oh, yeah. No, I always get them after they, they, they go down in price. I'll pick them up. If I see if I see one for $10, $15, bucks, i will definitely pick it up because they're definitely fun for a, a playthrough or two, and they are games if I'm looking for, you know, that quick run-and-gun kind of experience that all they're easy to replay just in like for an afternoon or something. Yeah, it's quick, mindless fun. Yeah, and Castlevania now isn't. You got to put at least ten, fifteen hours into it. Mm, which, which, yeah, I guess you do. All the all the recent ones. The, I mean, I'd the, argue the ones with the uh, for the for the Game Boy and Game Boy Advance and DS that you can pick up and put those down more than you could maybe Symphony of Night. But yeah, you got to put a little bit of time in those. You're right. I don't know. Symphony of the Night on the PSP is very put downable, as they as they say these days. Put downable. <laughs> That's a good way to phrase it. Yeah, just put your PSP to sleep. You can do that on the Switch too, which is one thing that I really like about the Switch. I, I did that with Mega Man a few times. Just put it down and just disappear for a while. Just walk away. Yeah, because <laughs> I got because I got so frustrated with some of those the block uh, and conveyor belt jumping. Oh, right toward the end. <laughs> yeah, I got a little frustrating, but now yeah, that's now it's you're pretty supposed much... to use that gear to slow down. You're yeah, like, no, you know, I didn't... I'm going old school. Yeah, hardcore I am. But that's a that's another series that we wanted to discuss. Uh, as a lot of people probably know, we haven't seen a Castlevania game in, in quite a while. The last game that came out was Lords of Shadow 2 on the PS3 and 360, and also on the PC. Not that much of a Castlevania game. Is that the 3D one? Another 3D one? Yeah, that's the second of the console 3D ones. Uh, the first one is the one that everybody was calling a God of War clone. Which oh, yeah. I don't agree with. I actually liked the original Lord of Shadows quite a bit. Um, but Lords of Shadow 2 was... 
it didn't really do it for me. Uh, I own it, but it, it's probably the only Castlevania game that I, besides, besides the second game in the Lords of Shadow trilogy, <laughs> I think it's uh, Mirror of Fate for the 3DS. It was the whole reason I bought a 3DS, and that game is awful. I don't know why anybody likes that game. If they do, they went back to that, a, 2 point, a 2.5D classic Castlevania experience and just messed it up. How did they even and, screw that up? I don't know, but they did it. Well, Q, they have QTEs in it first off, which I don't hate, but not. A, I don't need that in my 2D Castlevania game. No. It's just the gameplay was slow. The The castle and the environments that you explore, not that interesting. Um, it just didn't do it for me. But regardless... The original developers of Symphony of the Nighter, they started a Kickstarter several, several years ago. The game's been in development for a long time now. Uh, title called Bloodstained. And it is, in my eyes, I consider it kind of a reboot of the, the franchise, even though Konami's not putting out Castlevania games anymore. Get on that. I don't Inafune know whether is still, I mean, he's in it. He's the one behind it, right? Who? Inafune? Igarashi. Ah, Inafune, is that, is that a, <laughs> is that Mega Man? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't want to call you out on that, but I think that's true. Also <laughs> nice. a different company. Well, we so, were just talking about Capcom. So. That's true. Um, I'm just going to shut up now. <laughs> no, you're fine. But anyway, the Kickstarter, I had a great campaign. I think it was actually the, the second most funded game on Kickstarter of all all time up until that point, until like a week and a half later, Shinmu 3 got funded, um, which is a game I didn't fund, just so everybody knows. Um, I mean, the first two weren't my jam at all, so not going to fund a third one. No, you should get the you should get the HD ports and see if you feel better. Because <laughs> they look exactly like they did on Dreamcast. They do. They have just as much Space Harrier in them. I mean, that, that might was, be the best part. That was my favorite part. But Bloodstained looks to be, I, I consider it a reboot of the series to a certain extent because, you know, it's being created by a different company, but it's also, you know, being overseen by the original creators. So, I don't know, you take that for what it is, but I, I've played both of the E3 demos, and the game, as far as I'm concerned, completely lives up to the expectations that any fan of the of the Symphony of the Night era Castlevania games would be looking for. It's yeah, got all the RPG... Played, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, from what you played, you told me that it's everything you're hoping for and more. Yeah, I would I would argue that that is definitely true, and I think, I think a big part of it, probably like how you felt with Mega Man a little bit, is I'll take anything at this point. Yeah. <laughs> And when I played that first E3 demo, it did, it wasn't very long. It was only like a 12-minute demo, but the way the game felt, the character movements, the RPG elements, leveling up, getting new abilities, and all of the enemies and things like that, it felt just like I remembered when I played Symphony of the Night for the first time. Just kind of like that, that awe and wonder of, oh, look at the evolution of this game. Look at all of these secrets. You know, the first time you bust open a wall and you find a new sword. Every wall could be breakable. So just all of this mystery uh, and excitement that I felt with those games, be it Symphony of the Night or any of the advanced or DS entries, was there. This year they came out with another E3 demo, which had, oh, three or four uh, areas on top of what they already had in the first demo. And just showing off a bunch of new enemies, all kinds of new weapons. You could pretty much play with any t any you know of the... The weapon types you can fathom, be it, you know, whips, guns, katanas, regular swords, whatever. And a lot of the, a lot of new powers that the enemies would give you when you kill them and you absorb their, I think they're called crystals or something. I can't re I can't exactly remember. It's been a couple weeks since I've played it, but I had a really, really good time replaying it over and over again. And then at, at, at one point, I figured I'd, I'd just, I'd done everything I could, and it was kind of disappointing because I was like, oh, well, you know, I got a really high level. I farmed out all the items. <laughs> I pretty much did way more than I needed to do, and I and I started hunting for glitches 
which is something I have never done. Good lord! In a game. Yeah, no, I I started like I started like learning like these special moves that some of these weapons had, and I'm just like, okay, well that makes you like move in a really strange way. So I figured out like this katana has this ability. You know how in some games when you like draw a katana, you'll dash across the screen. Yeah. And you like cut the enemies in half. Well, they have one of those. And I was using it against the enemy, and I saw that when I did it off of, like, a ledge, my character, like, flew across the screen, like, way further than you could ever jump. So every ledge I saw, I was doing that, and I saw that sometimes if you did it at a proper angle, you'd go through walls. So I was <laughs> I was all in, and I spent, like, probably 15, 20 hours just playing that demo, just, just losing my mind because I'm such a big fan of the series and just, like, any new content I could get. Yeah, that's breath crazy, of fresh air yeah. for me. Put that much time in yeah, it. It's, it's got to be that. good. I'm a crazy oh, man. You know that. It probably wasn't that good, but I was just that excited about it. He's like, something new, yes. Yeah. And while Bloodstained, it, it got delayed again, 2019, hopefully early, but I'm not going to get my hopes up. I just want them to get the game right. At least we got Curse of the Moon instead. I mean, they gave us the 8-bit um, spiritual successor to, like, what a... I mean, 8-bit Castlevania would be like these days, so... That's that basically, game yeah, it's basically awesome. a spiritual successor to Castlevania 3. Uh, very fun game. I don't know if you had an opportunity to play it. Uh, I did for a little bit. Okay. And it was a lot of fun and a lot bigger than I would ever guess it was. I mean, you kind of spoiled it for me. I thought it was just going to be a few levels, and you're like, no, this game's actually legit. I spoiled everything. I couldn't... I couldn't stop talking about those games. That was so, the day it came out. Yeah, yeah, so just going. Yeah, I, I took the afternoon off of work and played it all night until I finished it. <laughs> I had a really good time with it, and it definitely recreated the, the feeling of the original 8-bit uh, Castlevania games. It just, you know, the graphic style was recreated in such a perfect way. I mean, you, you could argue it's very much like the way that Mega Man 9 and 10 pretty much. Well, that was a little bit different because they could directly use assets, you know, since it was still from Capcom, since it wasn't actually from Konami, they had to come up with all their own unique art, which is really cool to see that they did that. And everything looks really good. The different characters, the characters play unique. Everything is uh, done from the ground up where Capcom could basically recycle a lot of what they had and throw it together. That's true. I didn't even consider that. But the game, for, for as much effort as they had to put into it, and it was one of the Kickstarter, uh, I don't Stretch goals? Stretch goals, thank you. Yep, that's what it was. <laughs> and I donated just enough money so we could get that. I didn't donate all the money myself, but I, I sure I surely would have if the game had gotten We're getting funded. this, I don't care how much it costs. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so... I was a little hesitant about how that game was going to turn out, the fact that it was going to be kind of a recreation of that retro feel from the series, but it it met all my expectations and more, and it I just consider it basically Castlevania 3.5. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't have been happier with it. Yeah, that was one of the first games you ever had, so that's always cool when it gets a sequel after, you know, 30 years, we'll call it. Yeah. And I'm not sure it's quite as good as Castlevania 3, the gameplay is, is just as good, and it's it's certainly not as long. But well, I mean, hey, you don't have the nostalgia there for it, so oh, it's going to be tough too. to live up to that. And it, it, it's a much easier game, so I don't have to play it as much. But it was definitely cool to see that, and the the fact that both of us are are getting new entries and definitely probably our favorite two series of all yeah, time. Yeah, I mean, that's the 2018 just in general has been crazy with all the announcements, all the remakes, 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 reimaginings. I mean, they just had Streets of Rage 4 get announced. I mean, who saw that coming? Not the internet, and that's surprising. <laughs> that's true. I mean, I mean, people only continued talking about it four hours after that, and then they stopped. But not it, was, it, was, it was interesting to see, and I know a lot of people were kind of turned off by the the graphic style? It was a little bit more cartoony. But I mean, I think it, I think it's going to turn out fine. They only showed like 10 seconds of footage, so I don't know why people are really complaining. But yeah, it was a little more, uh, yeah, I guess a little more cartoony than maybe they'd like. But I mean, I'd rather look like Scott Pilgrim than Streets of Rage. I'd rather look like that look just a straight Genesis port, though, too. Right. That's, that's very true. And then uh, just this week, I mean, Samurai Showdown, I'm sure you've seen that. That looks pretty sweet. I like the the painting art style they're using there. 
And I mean, I'd, I'd call that just a straight reboot. Looks like they're restarting the series from the beginning. Yeah, it looks a lot more fast-paced than the original, and definitely a series that I would have never fathomed that they would have released. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy that they're getting something new after. I think the last one came out in 2002 or three On the PS2? On the PS1. Or I guess Neo Geo, technically. I mean, it came out, the last new one came out on PS1, I think. Hmm. I think Samurai Showdown, I have like Samurai Showdown 6 on PS1, I want to say. Maybe it's 5, but. No, I think it is 5. I don't think 6 ever came out. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I could be wrong, though. I I, I don't have, I don't have a rich history with Samurai Showdown. It was, it definitely not at the tops of my favorite fighting games. But I'm excited for a new one. I'll definitely check it out. Oh, yeah, it looks cool. The graphics are three-dimensional, but still kind of still kind of cartoony in a certain way. Not in the same way that Dragon Ball and Guilty Gear is, but it definitely has its own unique aesthetic going for it. It's got almost like a Street Fighter IV-looking vibe, it seemed like to me. Yeah, um, yeah. now that you you say that, that's, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> that's definitely one game that people should look out for, and I think, was, was it two or three weeks ago, we also got word on the internet that they were remastering, remaking, whatever you want to call it, Animusha Warlords. Yeah, which I actually bought the original, uh, like, HD uh, port of it from, like, uh, Onimusha. Is it Onimusha? Um, the one for the Xbox. Genma? That yep, is? that'd be it. Onimusha Genma, yeah. The original HD port of it, I guess, or the original port of Onimusha. Came out, like, two years later. Yep. And that game was a lot of fun, and I feel like people kind of sleep on that series. One and three, for sure, were really good games. Two was really cool, too. It just had a lot of really awkward, like, it had, like, social networking in it. it had, like, I mean, that was before Facebook, so that's pretty freaking cool. Yeah. I think Mark Zuckerberg played that game, and he was like, oh, this is the future. <laughs> it's time. Animusha, too. He's my inspiration. <laughs> Stra- strange to think. <laughs> we haven't seen any... I haven't seen any gameplay or any images of it. I don't no, think Capcom's released anything yet. And I haven't gotten deep into the Capcom offices to check that out. But no, I don't think there's been any... I feel like if there was a trailer or something, we'd know about it. And we would have seen it by now and definitely haven't... No well, sign of that yet. You know why they're not. They don't They want to take the heat off of RE2. That remake. And that's getting all kinds of hype and nothing but praise from everyone. That's actually... The only original, the original three RE games, that's the only one I've finished. Yeah, it's a pretty good one. That's a pretty good one. And I, I'm looking forward to this game because I think it, it's definitely going to take all of the, the best elements from the newer games, even though a lot of people don't like the newer games, uh, specifically talking about 5 and 6, not so much 7. I don't see why people don't like 5. If you like 4, you should like 5. Now, 6, I understand, because 6 was just the whole cluster. But 5 was good. Oh, yeah, 6 is like a Michael Bay movie. If yeah. you're just looking for like a fun action romp, 6 is actually a pretty good game. None of the games are actually feel real bad to play. It's just, it doesn't feel like Resident Evil at all. Agreed. And a lot of people can make that argument for 5, and I think the biggest reason why we, we don't make that argument on 5 is the fact that we really enjoyed the co-op aspects of that game, and it was just a it was a decent evolution of, of Resident Evil 4, even though Resident Evil 4 is still the... 4 changed the game. I mean, yes, it did. You consider that almost a reboot, if you will. Yeah, I mean, that could, that could fall into... That changed the everything. It, it's still, I mean, that... That was the first ever QuickTime events that I remember. For for better or worse, they're still being used all the time. That come out before God of War? Yeah, yes, it did. God of War was 2005. Resident Evil 4 was 2004. I want to say. I believe you. You're not usually wrong about those kinds of things. Yeah, the dates <laughs> dates are my jam. So exactly, <laughs> exactly. So do you do you know when that RE2 remake comes out? Is that this year? That's January. January. January, January is going to be a good year. There's a lot of games coming out. January I mean, is going to be a good year. That's, that's a January, terrible statement. January is a solid year. Yeah. I think yeah, January and then 2019. <laughs> <laughs> I think the rest of this year, though, there's so many games coming out. I'm just going to be, you know, broke for the rest of the year. Either I'm not able to play everything because I still want to get, I want to get Dragon Quest that came out last week. I wouldn't mind checking out the Destiny expansion. 
What else is coming out soon? Too much stuff. I don't know. I've I've stopped I've stopped frequenting the websites because I don't need any more games currently. <laughs> I'm I'm too knee deep in in WoW and Path of Exile right now that I can't even think about playing a new game. It's a, it's a whole other podcast. <laughs> Mega Man 11 demo was all I had time for. <laughs> <laughs> so you got any uh, other series that you you feel are a good representation of? be it a remake or an HD port? I mean, I guess we could just stay on the remake train for just a little bit longer. I guess Final Fantasy VII we could throw out there if, I mean, I don't know what you want to yeah, call that at this point. Yep, yeah. uh, Dumpster Fire. <laughs> I was going with Trainwreck, but Dumpster Fire or Dumpster Fire will work. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's, uh, I don't know if that's even going to come out. I'm guessing it's going to be like PS5 at this point. Yeah, I'm not, I, a, I don't even know. I don't even, all the things that they're, talking about changing about it, even though I, I think they scrapped everything they've done. Yeah, they, they had that recently. They had Team Ninja was developing it, and then they had a bunch of stuff done, and then they scrapped everything that's going to a different developer, which I don't even know who it is anymore. Well, Team Ninja should have been a white flag right there. They should have just been like, we, we give up. <laughs> because Final Fantasy VII, much-loved RPG, does not need to be made by them. <laughs> that's true. It doesn't need to be... Uh, high-flying action game. I enjoy them, but Final Fantasy VII does not need to be one, and I know that a lot of fans were very, very disappointed. Well, from what it looked like in that original trailer, it looked like it was going to be another Final Fantasy XV, which one of those is enough. I mean, that game's not awful, but it's not my favorite Final Fantasy, that's for sure. I agree with that statement. 110%. I guess I'd just kind of switch over to HD ports and get away from that uh, dumpster fire there. I mean, I know you love you some Dark Souls. I have the original Dark Souls on PS3. I don't need to buy another HD port in my mind. I mean, don't even know what else they added to it because I'm not as big of a fan of that series as you are. My favorite's actually Dark Souls 2 that everyone seems to hate. So come at me, Internet. Even I hated Dark Souls. Well, even I hated Dark Souls 2 for a long time, but Dark Souls 2 is infinitely the most replayable of the entire series, so I can't hate on it for that. Uh, the Dark Souls HD port for the PS4 was indeed a letdown uh, for a lot of people. It didn't let me down so much, but I didn't have the drive to play it again since I've bought it like 12 times at this point. Do we need an HD port for a freaking PS3 game, though? Wasn't that already um, developed for HD? Well, that was an argument that I was going to bring up later. <laughs> How soon is too soon for something like this? Like, these games don't look bad at this point. They don't yeah. need to be remastered. You, they're just trying to milk the cow here. Because, I mean, Final Fantasy XII, I get it a little bit with Final Fantasy XII, because that's the international version they released to us, which we didn't get before. Japan always gets um, the basically the best of. They get ours and theirs and an extra feature. So, okay, I'll take an HD Final Fantasy XII port. At least that's back to PS2. So that's... 10-plus years old, but, man, Dark Souls, really? I mean, I don't know they what, know they can sell it, but... I don't know what From Software was necessarily thinking there, and I don't even know if that was a decision that... It's probably not a decision they made on their own. I'm sure Sony had a hand in that. Well, I mean, I'm sure they sell dollar signs, because now everything is the Dark Souls of whatever. Yeah, I, mean, I think they saw a, a need to maybe release that game again because the Dark Souls series is over. And in saying that, they haven't announced anything in regards to that or a new Bloodborne Well, they have the game. new one coming out, though. Not Dark Souls, but the new From Software game Se looks almost Sekiro like Hero or whatever it's called. Yeah, Shadows Die Twice, I'll just call it. Yeah, we can call it that. But that's just, that's <laughs> not even an RPG. It's just an action game. I mean, it looks cool. The it gameplay looks, looks sweet, but it looks more like a Ninja Guy. It looks more like a Ninja Guy game to me. I mean, maybe it is. I mean, I thought that's kind of what Neo was. I know they didn't make that, but... Neo is more of a, an Onimusha game with very, very, very deep RPG elements. So, it, that game has more gear than Diablo. Good lord. It's insane. It's insane. Each enemy is a loot pinata, and my inventory became just, just a ruffled mess that I didn't want to deal with. And I'm a guy who loves me... Some looter games. I love sorting through how through items with too stats. freaking addictive. I mean, we can tell why what you're playing. When you're playing WoW and Path of Exile. You love loot games. You play. I don't know how many hours you put in Diablo three. So 
too many? <laughs> Question mark. You're probably gonna um, get on the switch again. <laughs> right. Well, the problem with Neo is each piece of item has like like 15 stats on it potentially. That's too many. So it's one like piece of like equipment to have. Yeah. It's it like calculus and Dark Souls together. Yep, it's not what I needed at that time. Actually, the Surge, which I know a lot of people don't necessarily like, was more what I wanted at that point, which was just more of kind of a streamlined, difficult, third-person RPG. What and is, it was not... You don't know what what the is the is? Surge, besides an awesome green drink from 1999? Right, well, it's not that good. It's, <laughs> okay. it's basically a failed reboot. Um, the Surge was that sci-fi Dark Souls that came out probably... I want to say three years ago, and you're basically this guy who gets hired at this this company who's apparently trying to make the world a better place, and they've got a monopoly on everything, and your they first day is there, and you get, like, cybernetic enhancements against your will, and you wake up in kind of the, after the, the fallout of this company occurs, and you're just kind of fighting your way out trying to figure out what happens. That sounds interesting. It, it well, I mean, the environment's... And, like, the different ways that, like, you fought enemies and you harvested their body parts. Like, you'd cut their leg off and you'd get, like, their their equipment. It, it had a lot of unique kind of visceral elements to the combat that were, were cool in comparison to Dark Souls, but it wasn't nearly as deep. So Okay. But I definitely think, at, at this point, it's, it's actually very, it's at a pretty decent discount at this point. It's actually got a new DLC coming out in a couple months. Nice. It's got a Western... I don't know if that's trying to like ride on the, the coattails of Red Dead Redemption too, but it's very. So I get like cowboy boots. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, you do get cowboy boots and a cowboy hat. It was, it was very strange. Very strange. Oh, done. Absolutely. But I agree with you. Like Final Fantasy XII definitely made sense. The international version, you're paying for a lot of new content there. Dark Souls, you're not. But overall, yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree. You're not. Overall, I just am not a huge fan of HD ports in general. Yeah, unless they're offering something to the player that doesn't care about resolution that's barely noticeable. I don't know. I, I know that both of us don't really necessarily care about the graphics that much when we play games. It's it's mostly about the yeah, games. Yeah, true. So I think that's important to some people, but I think once you start trying to port, like, a PS2 game. I mean, it does make sense there more, because if anyone's ever hooked their PS2 up to an HDTV or GameCube or whatever, original Xbox, I mean, it gets a little muddy. Those textures are, uh, things look a little rough. If you got a decent-sized HDTV and an original um, PS2, Xbox, GameCube, whatever it may be, things look a little sketchy. So, I mean, but especially HD ports of PS2, Three, you know, Xbox 360 and on. I don't think we need it. Yeah, they must be cheap to produce, and enough people must be buying them. I mean, That's I was true. sucker enough to buy the Dark Souls one. <laughs> I enjoyed it for what it was, and it was nice to have a lot of new people to play multiplayer with. Because the uh, the game outside of the PC version was pretty much dead at that point. That's that's also a good point there. So I guess that's that's kind of nice. But uh, to kind of tie the podcast up in a nice little bow, what are some of your uh, favorite series you're looking for for maybe a reboot, remake, even the Dread HD port? What do you want to see come out? From some well, I'd like TV? to see Konami get off their ass, maybe make a Castlevania game. I feel like Bloodstain should put a little uh, fire under them, get them to maybe put out a, a game that's worthy of the competition. We don't need a monopoly on that. And I'd like I'd like two games in the same vein. Castlevania. Terrible puns. <laughs> but another one, a, a series that I definitely want rebooted, or just a, a new game at this point. It, I haven't got a new entry since the PS2 and the PSP era was uh, the Wild Arms series. And I know that you you texted me like last week, and it's like, oh, you're getting a new Wild Arms game. I'm like, what? Don't joke around. He's like, oh, it's it's a mobile game. I'm like, shoot. Yeah, I was trolling you a little bit there. <laughs> You know, and then I responded, I'll take what I can get at this point. And I have a feeling we're not going to get it because it's probably only going to be in Japan. But for a mobile game and for a sucker for the series as I am, I'd probably get it. I think it's probably going to be one of those those free-to-play games where it's probably pay to win. I don't know. 
Yeah, I think that pretty much all those mobile games are, unfortunately. I mean, I personally would love to see um, a new Chrono game or just uh, something from the Chrono series rebooted. Chrono Trigger's definitely my top five favorite games of all time, and I even love Chrono Cross, and I know it's pretty divisive among the community, but they were going to make Chrono Break at one point, but apparently Square decided they don't like money and decided not to. I mean, it's so easy. It's right there for them. They could just print money with a new Chrono game. I feel like well, there's they, a lot they, of... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> they did try. They tried that on Steam to just release the game, and they messed that up, let alone make a new one. Oh, yeah, they can't even get the cell phone port right, so... Yeah. I don't know That's if I know sad. How many cell phone ports have they made at this point? And they can't get that <laughs> one right? How important would that? Too important I mean... <laughs> what they did to it. You know, every year I text you at E3, I'm like, it might be the year I get a new Chrono game. Every year I'm disappointed, like, nope, not going to happen. Once they announced Final Fantasy VII, you were just like, sky's the limit at this point. It it still could happen. Yeah, it could. And it could, and you know, a lot of people are have been have been saying, like, Lost Sphere and games like that, or I Am Setsuna is like a spiritual successor to it or something. I haven't played those games, and I, I don't Setsuna know. I Am Setsuna is is pretty, I haven't played Lost Fear. I'm Setsuna is decent, but the only thing that really made it close to the same is they have, like, a tech system, which is cool, where you can, like, tag team and team up in powers, but the story was pretty garbage, so I never really jumped on the Lost Fear. I thought it looked a little bit cooler, but, yeah, it wasn't, uh, I was kind of hoping it went on sale in the PlayStation stores, like, ten bucks, I'll get it. And then I was like, oh, this is not Chrono Trigger at all. Definitely not. Well, disappointing. Have you tried Cosmic Star Heroin? Do you know what that is? Yeah, it, I, I haven't. I do know what it is. I haven't tried it. I know it just released on the, the eShop not too long ago. It, that it, is... It's supposed to be like a... At least Chrono Trigger inspired. It's hard to sift through all the shovelware in the eShop sometimes, but I might it's check It's definitely that out. not shovelware. I've heard from a, a couple of gamer buddies that it is a very enjoyable time, and it is... Probably the best representation of Chrono Trigger since Chrono Trigger. Well, then I, I would definitely pick it up. It's not a very expensive game. I think it's fifteen bucks on the Switch. Is there any physical release of it? I don't think not yet. I don't think they yeah. may have had they may have had one of those um, limited run kind of well, situations. Then it probably cost like two hundred dollars, and I'm not right. Gonna that. <laughs> right, not worth it. Maybe maybe play test the game for fifteen bucks first. <laughs> That's true. Or get it on Steam. Get it on your crappy laptop. Play it you know, for 30 minutes. If you don't like it, get a refund. To be able to podcast with you, so I'm not going to do that. Fair enough. Let's not push it. Let's not push it. It might just crash. Yeah. So do you have any others besides Chrono Trigger? I mean, that's just that's my big one on my bucket list that is the kind of the be-all, end-all at this point. I mean, we got a new Mega Man game, so a new Mega Man X game be sweet, but I actually believe that's going to happen. So. Do you? Yeah. I mean, like, I what? think... I think it's sold enough that I think it'll be good. I'm ready for it. What about a new Mega Man Legends game? Or is that more of a pipe dream? Uh, I'll take a new Tron Bond game before a new Mega Man Legends game. I agree with that. That was a better game than those first two. That's I do true. agree. I just want my Final Fantasy VIII remake. That's that's all I want. I know. We're two huge fans of 8, and there's not a lot of us out there. 8 is worlds better than 9. Again, internet, come at me. You can come at both of us. We'll, we'll tag team <laughs> all of you. At Buck and Chuck versus the internet. That's right. But so, no, that game was so underrated and just an awesome game. Yeah, and it, I, I'm hoping what I said earlier about not including it on the Switch, we're getting a remaster soon. And I think I think that's probably a good place to stop. I don't really have a whole lot else to say about that. If you guys have any opinions on, you know, maybe information, or not necessarily information, but our opinions on the difference between remakes, remasters, I don't I don't think HD ports can be disputed. Those are pretty obvious. <laughs> Those are cut and dry. Yeah. But let us know, and uh, definitely go ahead and leave a review and a... You know, go ahead and subscribe if you like the podcast. You can find us on SoundCloud, 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 SoundCloud. and uh, Apple iOS on the podcast app. Just look yeah, up Buck and Chuck Gaming store. Connection. We're not hard to find. Yeah, and, uh, we also have a, a Twitter that will be out there. By the next podcast, we'll have a, a Twitter announced there. So you'll be able to interact with us directly on Twitter, too. And if you want to tweet at us, we will reply to you. <laughs>
And we may even give you guys a, a sneak peek into what the next episode is, and you guys can share some of your uh, opinions on that subject, and maybe we can, you know, throw a shout-out to some of the fans and uh, what, what they're talking about, because not everybody is going to agree with us, and we understand that. So we yeah, we'll throw your guys' input as well. Exactly. Any uh, input, criticism, whatever you got, let us know. Indeed. And as always, I'm Chuck. And I'm Buck. And you've been listening to the Buck and Chuck Gaming Connection. Later. Thanks a lot, guys.